I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Opioid overdose, abuse, and addiction affect an estimated 3 million Americans and accounts for $35 billion in U.S. healthcare costs every year. Tris Pharma is developing the opioid Sebronopidol as an effective pain management therapy without the addictive potential of FDA-approved opioids. We spoke to Kate Meta, founder and CEO of Tris Pharma, about Sebronopidol how it modulates the addictive potential by targeting two receptors at once and its potential to address the opioid crisis. In editor's note, since recording this podcast, the National Institute on Drug Abuse, part of the National Institutes of Health, awarded Tris a five-year, $16.6 million grant to advance Sebronopidol. Caton, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Danny. We're going to talk about pain, Trispharma, and its efforts to develop an experimental therapy that is a potential alternative to traditional opioids and can provide pain relief without the side effects that make these therapies so problematic. Perhaps you can begin a little by talking about the unmet need in pain today. Yes, I mean, uh, I think pain... uh, 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 both acute, uh, which is something of a short duration or a chronic, which is could be as as long as 12 months, uh, sorry, 12 weeks to six months, is really a huge unmet need because people, there are about 50 million people today in the United States suffering from both this acute and chronic pain. And they are looking for a, for a, for a, a treatment cure, which is much more effective and has minimal side effects. There's obviously been a lot of concern about the addictiveness of opioids, and that's complicated the treatment of patients with pain and the approach that doctors take. How much of a concern has this been? Well, this has been a huge, actually, uh, issue, and and doctors are a little bit uh, uh, very, uh, how should I say, concerned, because they do not know today, uh, from what we constantly hearing, how to treat this patient, how to help them. Because at one end, they're concerned about the impact of uh, opioids and their side effects, and especially the addictiveness. So generally, they turn more and more to other drugs, which are either not uh, as effective, yet have some side effects. For example, you have non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or NSAID analgesic, for example. There's a large class starting from ibuprofen to naproxen and so forth. Now, problem with them is they have certain gastric side effects. In some cases, they really do a good job, but because of the side effect on gastric issues, ulcers, etc., you really cannot use them for long duration. And so this is really a big uh, dilemma and, and creating some uh, real problem for, for the physicians. 
Tris has a, a portfolio of commercial products focused on attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and generic medicines. In 2021, it acquired Park Therapeutics. What attracted you to Park and, and how did this transaction come about? Right, yeah, that was actually, I would say, a very interesting uh, opportunity for us. What happened is that 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 is this drug. Actually, we acquired this. So Park Therapeutics had got an option from a, for this drug from Grunenthal, a big German company. And, and the drug is highly effective, and they wanted to really develop a very effective uh, uh, opioid, if you will. But what we saw, that the drug is not an opioid, but it's a new kind of uh, opportunity, new kind of opioid, if you will, where the it's a side effect profile, its impact, especially especially on on its non-euphoric, non-addictive potential, really caught my my interest. And as I dug into the data and we explored that, we thought this is the drug has a potential to really change the game in pain relief because it is as good as any opioid pain, pain reliever. This has a potential to provide least addictive and almost non-euphoric-like uh, safety probe. How do you see it fitting in with your other products? Actually, you know, so we our focus, as, as you very well said, that we are focused on ADHD or attention deficit products. We are also focused on developing some of the products for neurological diseases. I mean, patients really want some unique treatments. There are enough gaps in CNS-based products, central nervous system-based products. And, and so having a pain reliever really fits into, 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 into that, that, that continuum, if you will. And, and so we are very excited uh, about that. The transaction gave you the experimental therapy, Sebronopadol, what is Sebronopadol? So, by the way, congratulations. You pronounce first time without any difficulty. I tell you, not easy. <laughs> Sebronopadol is, is a first, in, one of, first of its kind, what we call full uh, agonist of dual receptors, which is MOP receptors and NOP receptors. The MOP receptor brings the, the efficacious or the efficacy, but NOP receptor not only adds to that that effect of pain relief pain relief but it also attenuates and and blunts the side effects of new receptor activation so all this addictiveness euphoric behavior etc we are not seeing in this uh, in, in the in the in the patient is because because of the not receptor activation so it's really a unique dual receptor uh, pain reliever, in our opinion. So is is it, in essence, doing what opioids do while at the same time, time counteracting their negative impacts? Exactly. Uh, because what it is doing is it is giving you, it is giving you a full activation of mu receptor, which has more traditional opioid dough, but it has equally full agonism or activation, if you will, of NOP receptor. That's the new receptor which was discovered about 25 years ago. And, and that activation is helping us dominate that, that all the side effect profile of traditional opioids. 
Any sense on how it might compare or differ from opioids in terms of its effects? So far, in fact, we have done numerous uh, um, uh, efficacy trials. We have treated about 2,000 patients. And what we are seeing is that it is as efficacious as traditional opioids. So we do not believe there would be any 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 hesitation from the data that we are seeing thus far of interchanging with opioid in terms of its effectiveness. And is the expectation it can treat the same variety of pain that an opioid would be used to treat? Absolutely. In fact, the drug has been studied in, in acute pain, uh, lower back uh, uh, chronic pain. We have, we have also done trials in uh, peripheral uh, neuropathic, the diabetic peripheral neuropathy patient, cancer patient, and osteoarthritis patient. All of these patients where there are no other but other drugs are effective than opioid, and we are seeing that sabronaprodol is as efficacious in all of these different treatment uh, treatment modalities like uh, other opioids. So we think this is going. This has the potential to be a really a solid uh, alternative to the traditional opioid therapy. And what's known about it from studies that have been conducted to date? So what the, the studies are today thus far telling us that we can expect this drug to have a very high efficacy profile, but, but much, much better safety profile uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, you know, the, the addictiveness, in terms of its uh, uh, euphoric nature, the withdrawal, for example, of the, uh, of the drug. I mean, as you know, when you take opioids, you really have to wean the patients off the drug. You can't just stop them because of the lot of withdrawal effect and symptoms. So, so you really give them lesser and lesser dose after a long duration. While in this particular case, uh, you can just stop the treatment and there is no impact whatsoever. We have given, the data has shown that we have given about 2,000 patients and we have not been able to see any side effects or withdrawal issues in all in all these patients. And that is going to be a big game changer, I believe, when you take into account all the uh, important safety profile, like uh, minimal uh, euphoria, minimal addictiveness, and no withdrawal, I think makes it a tremendous opportunity for, for the patients today. One of the common complaints that people who use these drugs also have is constipation. Is it known the effects that your drug might have on constipation? Yes. Uh, uh, because it is a class, because it also activates that mu receptor, what we are seeing is, and it is still early, so I'm not sure we can make a solid claim. We are seeing it is much less, but nevertheless, there is still some constipation that we have seen in the in the earlier uh, our our uh, studies thus far i know the company also conducted a, a human abuse potential study what did that study entail and, and what did it show right so that's actually a good question that you asked me what i would say a two-part question let's first talk about the abuse uh, uh potential study that what they entail so what really you have to do is you usually start with a, a population which tends to abuse this opioid or these drugs. So you have to have those 
those patients who are able to tell the difference between a placebo and a drug like oxycodone. And so we start with that, that, that population and you give them now subrenopidol. Okay, what we did differently in our study then it was that we gave them a very strong opioid, which has a high addictiveness, like oxycodone. And then we gave them tramadol, which is a very weak opioid and has a very weak addictiveness. It is not as highly addictive as oxycodone, if you will. And we wanted to see where subrenopidol fits between these two bands. The results actually were stunning, much better than what we expected. What we, what we saw that Sabrinopidol was even less addictive or high, literally no addictive, almost as good as placebo in terms of the results. So these abuse studies have shown that, that Sabrinopidol will be as efficacious like strong opioids like oxycodone, morphine, etc. But in terms of its addictiveness, its property where patient would want to go and like quote unquote that addictive feeling or euphoria, it will be even, even less than something like tramadol, which, which for example, drug enforcement calls it uh, a scheduled substance uh, class four. And it is even less than that. And that to me is a game-changing data that we have shown in humans thus far. And further studies now confirm this. I think we will surely have a great product on our hand and lots of patients can really get some real benefits. What's the development path forward? So I think moving forward, uh, we have now started really talking to FDA, sharing some of the results we have. So we are getting, we are in the final stages of having an agreement with, uh, with FDA on our phase three studies. As you know, now we will be going in a larger even uh, uh, number of patients in a single study. And then we will be doing a couple of acute studies, a chronic pain studies, et cetera, and all that phase three data will help us determine what the label would be of the drug. And in terms of the, the size of those studies and, and the indications, how, how do you expect those to take shape? Right, so we, we expect to, this. it will be sizable study. We will be studying in about five to 600 patients at least. I mean, we are finalizing all this thing, but it will be to that level, if not more. And it will take uh, probably, I would say, about uh, 15 to 18 months at least. And by the time we compile and get all the results, and of course, we will be doing in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in acute pain, chronic lower back pain, diabetic peripheral neuropathy, uh, at least in the first of our uh, expected uh, trials. And then we will follow up with some of the other pains, like in osteoarthritis. And, and the other forms of peripheral neuropathy and so forth. So we think uh, first phase, it will take about two years uh, or so, and then it will take uh, some time. But by the time uh, we do the early work in uh, pain, we may be able to go ahead and, and uh, submit an application to FDA for approval while we're continuing to uh, uh, test for additional indications. And in terms of endpoints, what, what do you expect to use? Are there endpoints that wouldn't be uh, patient perspective endpoints? So there are very set protocols. There are certain uh, scales that have been validated. And these are the, these, the scores and analogs that give you certain primary endpoints. And then there are certain 
specific measurement that you would take, uh, secondary time points and so forth. So there are very specific, well-defined guidelines that industry and FDA has, has established. We see a, a lot of companies in the space today that I'd say appear to have gone public too early. Tris is a privately held company. Why has the company decided to remain private? Well, I don't think it was a very uh, deliberate uh, uh, point of view on my part. I feel we started, this is a very entrepreneurial company. I started literally in my basement 23 years ago. And, and, and as we started developing different technology and products, it's continued to grow and we were able to self-fund. So we have come to this point really without needing any, any, any large sums of money but in fact, at this point now, we are exploring, for example, this phase three work will require a sizable, sizable capital and also further commercializing this product. So we are looking at uh, bringing uh, really outside investors or also going public. I mean, that is all part of right now exploration that we are doing. It will not slow us down, but we will eventually need to have some need for more capital and so forth. Uh, even the company is very successful and, and really commercial because we have a portfolio of commercial products and so forth. But we think we will need that additional uh, capital. And that's why I don't envision that company will remain private for forever. Yeah. And in terms of uh, a sales force for doing a commercial launch of a, a drug like Sebronopidol, would you expect to commercialize it on your own? And if so, what would you be doing to prepare for a commercial launch? Right. So see, we are already today commercial with our ADHD product, as I mentioned before. So we have a full infrastructure. We have about more than 100 sales rep uh, associated all the infrastructure in analytics and whatnot. But you're right. Once we have Sabrinapadol, I think we are exploring as to what would, it, what would be the best way. Is it something we are going to do ourselves alone? Or maybe we will seek help of some of the larger company to go with. And we will have to make a determination based on how the results are coming along and what we are learning at this point. So we still have some time before we start setting our path uh, pretty much in stone, so to say. Caton Mehta, CEO of Tris Pharma. Caton, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.